Welcome to episode three of the Fergo and the Freak podcast. I'm that bloke from Rogue League Project, Andrew Ferguson, and join me as League Freak today responding to your emails and comments. How you going, mate? Pretty good. I'm looking forward to this to get some interaction into the podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to giving people shout outs and stuff like that. It'll be a lot of fun. Sounds good. Well, you're the bloke with all the, uh, you've been to the post office, you've got all the mail there. So you want to start reading them out? I'll have first crack at answering if I can, I guess. And, yeah, well, uh, look, I've pulled out my sack for this one, so uh, let me just dive into it here. This could take a while. Mm, that feels good. All right, so <laughs> we got some we got some uh, feedback this week, and it was from Peggy from Pontefract, and she gave some some good tips for the podcast coming up. She said she wants um, it was nice to hear some sensible talk about international footy and stuff like that. Uh, she said that it was the first time she heard our voices. She said you sounded like she thought you would. So I, I don't know what that means. Um, and Nerdy she said, and boring, I guess. I, I really, I've got no idea, not, none whatsoever. Um, and funnily enough, one of the one of the positives was that she said that I have grown up, and it was also one of the negatives that she thought I'd grow, I'd grown up, and I didn't um, just go off on everyone. So that was pretty funny. So thank you for Peggy for that email. And now what we're going to do is we're going to switch over to Twitter because we had some questions on Twitter. So let's go through some of them right now. So that's good. Let's, let's start from the beginning because that's where a lot of people start their things from. <clears throat> so. Uh, there was a question here from Gavin on Twitter. His, his thing is Ernie Oz or at Ernie Oz. He said, what are the average slash best slash worst crouch for each time slot? Now, we didn't do any research for this at all, but what generally, as a fan going to a game, what time slots do you like the most and what time slots do you hate the most? For me... When I was uh, a single male, I'd go to any old game because there's no nothing yep. getting in the way. But as a parent, um, yeah, anything that's going to be on a weekday, especially on a yep. you know Friday night, anything like that, it's just going to be out. Um, Thursday yep. nights out. Uh, weekend in the afternoon is pretty much good stuff. Anything between three and say six o'clock. Those kickoff times on a Saturday yep. or Sunday are pretty damn golden because you can. Go along, you can have a good day, you can be there during the day, you can get yourself home at a reasonable hour and still have dinner at home and get around to bed at a reasonable hour. And Because um, that's half the battle with parents is trying to get your kids to sleep at, the, at a time that's not the same time the sun's coming up. Um, yeah. So that's the problem with the Friday night ones, Thursday night, Monday night, doesn't matter what day they put on there. It's, it's getting home at you know 10 or 11 o'clock at night and then getting your kid to bed knowing they've got to go to school the next day and you've got to go to work the next day and all stuff. It's just, it's not compatible with families. So for me, it's yeah, weekend stuff during the day. Yeah, I, I agree. I, look, I think that the nighttime kickoffs for rugby league match or NRL matches should be 7 p.m. Because, and I know why they're not. It's all to do with TV. But I think that, uh, you know, that game is finishing at about 9 o'clock. Uh, you're going to have to get travel time in there like when I think about going to a, a game in Sydney that kicks off at eight o'clock, like from Penrith to say to the SFS, I'm not getting home before midnight. And, you know, as a single male, that's fine, but you, can, you just cannot do that with family. 
Um, that's that. It's just out of the question. And I think that's for the most cases on the night games. It's just there, you know, even if you go to a local game that kicks off at 8, you're leaving at 10. If you're lucky and you live close to the stadium, you're getting home at 10.30, and that's still pretty damn late to take kids to. And most of the games we play are at night. And so I think that we that would be one of the good things about expansion is that we could have more afternoon games and have the game more accessible to kids. But I'd also have State of Origin kicking off at 7 p.m. because, like, even for me, it's just, you know, the night is very, very late on a Wednesday night by the time the game finishes. And it's cool if you're watching it at home. You can just go straight to bed. But, you know, kids staying up that late is just not great. And a lot of people don't really want their kids staying up that late. And we've got to make sure kids are able to watch the footy. And it can't just be one day a week. It's got to be, you've got to have options, you know. And so I would like for the games to finish a little bit earlier. Um, I, I think Monday night games have just been proven to be a complete bust for the NRL. They don't work. I think some Thursday night games for certain teams are not too bad, but I think for the most part, they're not great. This 6 p.m. Friday night game, I think, needs more promotion because a lot of the time that game you just fucking don't know who's playing unless your team's in it. Uh, but, you know, generally early kickoff times would be better. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of like you. I think the Sunday afternoon games are just beautiful and, and perfect in every sense, and uh, I, I love them afternoon games. Yeah, I, to me, I don't even know why we don't even look at the, the mad idea of having games kicking off at midday. You know, if you're going to have games on the weekend, which is a good time to do it, why not have yeah. like three or four games on each day and start kicking off at 11 in the morning, midday, something like that, and just go through and, and finish up at 8 o'clock. You know, you have three or four games in a row on one day. There's no reason why you can't do it. I mean, in the past, there was a reason why the kickoff was so late, and that was because you had reserve grade and President's Cup playing in the games before, but that barely happens anymore. So there's no yeah. excuse. And, you know, they're going to broadcast it anyway. It doesn't matter what time you kick off. They're always going to broadcast it. They've paid for it. So, you know, I don't see why there's this hesitation towards putting the games on earlier at, during the day. Yeah, I think that's one of the good things about sometimes you get Warriors games that will kick off at around about midday because it's their Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't think they did that too much last season, but the, I mean, that's been the case before in the past. And look, that's one of the good things about when they do expand the competition, things like a team in Perth, they'll be able to play a Sunday afternoon game, but it will be broadcast at night in the Eastern States. And I just think that, you know, the more afternoon footy we have, the better in general. So that, and that's one of the things that we, I think the comp needs expanded for because we do have time slots that will be able to service better while also servicing just the general rugby league going public as well. So, um, so yeah, I think that we've pretty much covered that, but definitely yep. like Monday is completely out um, and Thursday is probably on its way out in terms of what fans want. But the there's, there's 6 p.m. Friday game, that's the one where I think needs it needs more work and maybe have the right teams, pick the right teams for the those sorts of games too because there's certain teams where that is never, ever going to work. I think of the Cowboys as being one. Um, you know, there's a few Sydney teams that wouldn't work with just because of traffic and things like that. 
Whereas you might get a team like, for instance, um, I'm trying to think who would it work good for. Oh, Brisbane and Canberra and Br- would yeah. probably work well. Um, even Canberra Melbourne had because... it the other week and they didn't have the worst crowds and Canberra's so easy to get around. Like if you're yeah. the other side of the city, like Canberra's only 30 minutes to drive across it really. Um, so Canberra's not too bad. And yeah, Brisbane I think is probably a good one as well. Melbourne's not too bad either because you've got two train stations that you can get to that are right near the ground there. Or you can walk yeah. from, from the any of the main centre ones in the township there, in the city there, sorry. So yeah. getting a, getting to the Tammy Park's not a real burden either. So it could yep. probably work there as well. Yep. That sounds good. Oh, well, I reckon we've done that one. It fixed. So thanks for that question. <laughs> Next question. Uh, let's go for one. Uh, Richard Cranium. And I don't know what his friends call him, but he said thoughts on expansion and relocation. His his uh his thing is Mitch underscore T one three. Uh, basically, Richard, if you listen to our last podcast, we fucking smashed that subject. We talked about it. Oh, what was it for? Like ten minutes or something like that. Ten oh, um, fifteen. I think it was fifteen. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember sitting so, lunch for it. Yeah, so. If you just go back to the previous podcast, podcast number two, you'll hear all about that, Richard, but thanks for your question. Um, Dave, which is Dizzy underscore Dave23, said that he would ask us a question for a shout-out, but he's deaf, so he doesn't have any fucking idea if he'd get a shout-out. Um, and Dave is a long-time follower of mine. Dave won't know that I've said any of this, so I don't know, but I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned him anyway. Uh, Andy who's, his one is, what the fuck does this say? Ball Weary Mill. That's his thing. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I hope I haven't said anything wrong. He said, uh, thoughts on the luxury tax, like we like that is used in basketball and baseball in the US, and the pros and cons, but a lot of pros. So I think he's talking about prostitutes there at the end. Um yeah, so basically, yeah, yeah. Well, pros are just prostitutes. I always used yeah. to say pros are prostitutes and cons are Salford supporters. But anyway, <laughs> so a luxury tax for anyone doesn't know, and I'm going to use some real basic uh, salary cap figures here just to make it easier. So say the NRL salary cap was $10 million. You would be allowed to spend over $10 million. So you could spend $11 million on your team. But that extra million dollars you spend on your team, you would then have to pay a tax to the league. And that tax would be the amount over the caps you spend, but you would times it by a certain amount. So I think in the NBA, it's times by three. So in the so if you spent on your $10 million cap, if you spent $11 million, you would have to give $3 million to the NRL. So you're basically going to be spending $14 bucks to spend that extra $11 million. Hopefully that all makes sense. Um, it's a big burden to carry. It, it definitely uh, is something that teams have to consider. It does allow them to stack a team with talent, and we've seen that with the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. But you can't stack it with too much talent because the return just stops, stops, count. It stops being worth it. Um, we've seen some teams in the NBA, and my team, the Houston Rockets, 
really work hard to stay under the under the luxury tax because their owner doesn't really want to spend over the luxury tax. It brings up different scenarios with the way that you put a team together. It is an interesting concept, but I don't think it would work in the NRL for the simple fact that our administrators are pure shit. And our pure shit administrators tend to like to run these clubs into the ground and then leave. And so I don't think that that's really going to work too well in the NRL. What do you you think about how that would work? I think the problem that I've got with this is that there are just a few clubs in the game who are flush with cash. And this would be seen as a green light for them. And I I fear that the likes of, say, the Roosters and the Broncos... um, would probably end up creating dynasties and we'd end up with going towards a system kind of like where in the English Super League you've got a few few teams that are just pres- you know, premiers every year. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of the salary cap as it is because it's prevented that. It's giving us this unique competition every year where no one knows, like even 50% conf- with any confidence whatsoever, who's going to be the premier at the end of the year. And more yeah. often than not, the team you predict to be in the grand finals, more often than not, those teams don't even get there. So nah. I like that uncertainty. And that uncertainty is what draws people in. It's what draws advertising money in because it keeps everything nice and close and tight. It keeps people watching till the very end. Whereas if you've got a um, a competition that's more of a foregone conclusion, uh, people will lose interest pretty quickly. That means viewerships will drop off once teams get knocked out and... Teams are going to know pretty quickly if they're going to be any good or not or whether they're going to be able to compete. And, um, yeah, advertising money and TV rights, stuff like that would all fall to the wayside, I fear, under that system. I think it's kind of counterintuitive to the the way the salary cap works to start with as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of people that don't like the way the current salary cap works, but it's very hard to argue against the results of it, even though we've had some teams break it. In fact, we've had most teams break it. Um, it's still got us to a point where the the worst teams in the league, they're not the worst teams because they can't attract talent or, or mm. bring talent yeah. through. It's mainly because they're poorly run. And yeah. once they get new management in, they tend to do pretty well. And you've seen a lot of teams over the course of the year going back years going back like 20 years now where they i mean penrith were wooden spooners and then a couple of years later they were the champions um and look, look at Parramatta this year they had a terrible year last year and they're going much better this year newcastle's a really good example of a team that was really terribly managed but have managed to put together their team in this under this salary cap era that's pretty good now i mean they're not a world beater but they're all right um, everyone's got a shot in the NRL and we've had no back-to-back premiers going back to 92-93 and I, I think that it's pretty much it's doing its job at the moment and I agree with you I think if we allowed a luxury tax system I think Brisbane straight away would just start buying everyone I, I exactly. don't think people realise where Brisbane's at financially They're, they they could probably run two NRL teams comfortably Um so, yeah, I, I think that it would probably cause... I can see why people would want it, but I think it would it would ruin the competition to a certain extent. It would cause more problems than it helps. And um, and then you'd get the clubs that are probably below them teams that would spend themselves to death, which is the, re- which is the actual reason why we have a, a salary cap right now. It's 
they talk about talent equalisation and stuff. It's really to stop these clubs spending themselves to death, which they would all do, like every single one of them. Probably even Brisbane, to a certain extent, would do it um, if we got rid of the salary cap tomorrow. And we saw that in the Super League war. That's what happened there. Yep. Okay, so let's look back through what other questions we have. Um, we had a question here from let me just scroll up to it because i didn't have any of this stuff saved um where is it where is it where is it this is fantastic audio okay we've <laughs> got uh kern puff and her name is kern puff and she asked what is the meaning of my life and i think that's pretty obvious i don't know <laughs> that's it's probably going to fill her with lots of joy. Now, the meaning of your life is to just enjoy it, just to do things you love and enjoy in life, try and be happy and get rid of toxic people out of your life. I think that's a very big thing. Um, I always think you've got people that add to your life or that take away from it, and you've got to get rid of the ones that take away from it. What do you reckon? Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, it's all about making sure that um, I create another human to take over a rugby league project. Yeah. That's a good yeah, that's a really good one, actually. That's weird. You talk about making another human. I start thinking about, you know, digging up bodies and trying to put electricity through them and stuff like that, but enough of mate, my teenage years. It's the same thing, mate. It all works in different ways. Yeah, it's just a different sort of dirty and regret that you have afterwards, really. Um, right. <laughs> the, the other thing, let's talk about this, right? First of all, your daughter's tipping. Tell us about your daughter's tipping. Oh, mate. She started footy tipping this year. First time ever. She's four years yeah. old. Round one. Yeah. She got three out of eight. I've gone, that's what a four-year-old should get who knows nothing about what she's doing. Yeah. Just round... that's a toss-up number. That's a, yeah. a random number. Yeah. yeah. Round round two. Gets eight out of eight. Took me yeah. 15 years to get eight out of eight in footy tipping. She does yeah. it in a second week. So yeah. Yeah, it's just a fluke. It's a one-off. Last week, she yeah. gets seven out of eight. <laughs> I'm being lapped by a four-year-old. <laughs> Fucking hell! Uh, well, I'm, I'm on that uh, who tipped what website. Likewise, yeah, yeah. It's, well, we're rugby league experts. That's why we're on there, you know. That's, that's right. Um, and so, I always find when the season starts, my tipping is terrible. And as the season goes on, it just gets better and better. I guess as you get more information about the teams and stuff. Um, so I've, I think I've started off again terribly. I know I'm not in the top ten. I haven't really looked at where I'm at, but I normally finish the. I normally finish really high up in that competition, which has surprised me a little bit. Um, but I always like to make sure I beat all of the so-called experts from all the media organisations, and I always do that, which is fantastic. Um, but my tipping starts out really poorly. I've got a question for you that just from me. What's the worst? prediction you've ever made about rugby league that just just fucking turned out to be completely wrong because i know what mine is oh geez um i think i may have said the west tigers gonna make the grand final in 2012 and they finished ninth jesus christ i i think i've got, I've got your beat last <laughs> year going into the season i said that the north queensland cowboys we're only going to lose two or three games all year, and I just can't see them being just... I thought they were going to be a juggernaut. They made the grand final of the year before without mm. key players, and they got those key players back. 
I thought Taumalolo was ready to just fucking rip in and have a ridiculous season and stuff. And it was basically the complete opposite. They had one of the worst years in the club's history. They never looked like they were in it. I don't know uh, if that's the worst one, though, because I reckon there would have been a large amount of population that would have thought the same thing. I know I did. I, I predicted the Cowboys yeah. finished top four last year. I, I thought, I think I wrote, because there's an article on my website about it, I'm pretty sure that I wrote, I could only see two or three games being lost all year by them and that I thought that they'd run away with the minor premiership pretty early on. Uh, the only issue was going to be state of origin time and I thought they'd cover that pretty comfortably. I really did thought think that it was going to be one of those seasons where it was just like this unbelievable season they were going to put down and, oh, man, I was so fucking wrong on that. That's easily the worst prediction I've ever made. So um, what's your uh, what's your best prediction then? Because I've got a good one. Okay, well, my my best predictions about, and it wasn't so much about who was going to win the competition. It was It's basically been a number of things in regards to rugby league in the UK. So I remember years ago I, I've kept on saying that because English fans always used to say, we're catching up, we're catching up. And I was like, no, you're, you're seriously not. You're not catching up. You're not going to get anywhere near Australia. And that's been the case. I mean, even the, the closest that they've got was the last World Cup. And in two games, they couldn't score a try um, against Australia. So that, things like that. I predicted the financial collapse of the game over there. Uh, I saw that coming from a long way away. There was one of the times that the London Broncos were about to just go, go and fall apart, and I predicted that, unfortunately. Um, just a few things like that. That It was never any good stuff. It was always really bad stuff. But I would be the only person that was saying that, look, listen, this is going to happen. Like, this is coming up. And I would cop a lot of grief from it. But afterwards, when it happened, there were a lot of people that were UK followers that were like, geez, you, you really saw this coming. And it wasn't something that I predicted with any any like you know joy or anything like that it was always pretty grim but yeah. they're probably the biggest predictions that i've i've made that come true unfortunately so what what was your ones well mine are a bit more positive one was um first one was i i knew at the age of nine that tim brashaw was going to play test football all right and that was when he was he'd only played about five or six games at that time and yeah. I'd been, only been watching the game for about two years, but I was just looking at him going, I just know he's going to make it. It's just something in my heart just knew he was going to get there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why or how. The other player was, was Brad Fittler, because they were both yeah. at the same time, 88, 89. So 89. Yeah. Um, I just knew those two were going to make it, but Brasher was just the one I just knew was just, he was definitely going to get there. The other one was midway, actually just before the origin period in 2016, I wrote an article where yeah. I predicted that the Sharks were going to win the premiership that year. Oh, wow. That's I was, a good one. That was bold, and that one come good. I'll hang my wow. head on that one. I tell you what, I just, I just thought of another really shit prediction I had, and I don't even blame myself for this. But remember Brett Furman when he came yes. to the car, and he was killing it, and he just had – like he was playing like he had everything you would want from a halfback, and I was like, this kid's going to fucking play for Australia and everything. And uh, he, he might have only played 20 more NRL games after that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah that, that was a that was a candle that burnt very quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird when there's players like that. They just sort of come out of nowhere. You think, oh, this player's going to do, and they just disappear, just gone, completely nothing. So yeah, Brett Furman was another one. I can't think of any more 
players that I really thought were going to be superstars that didn't turn into superstars. Um, but he he was one. He just popped into my head then. So, yeah. Um, and that's all of our questions because these pricks that listen to us didn't send us enough fucking questions. So uh, next time around when we ask for questions, you just need to send in more questions. Hopefully we answered these ones as best as we could and we did a really good job of it and you're completely satisfied. Um, so the next thing I guess we could talk about is we are now on everything. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. And the big thing for iTunes is going to be we need people and every other one, we need you to subscribe to the podcast and then we need you to review it and give it a five-star rating and say, this is the greatest podcast I've ever listened to. It changed my life Um, and just all of the good stuff that you would ever say about a podcast. Really go over and make it ridiculous. Like I won $5,000 listening to this podcast. That always works. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, we I won lots of money listening to this. What are the other ones? Um, My penis grew? <laughs> yeah. Just basically say anything that, like, you'd get Joe Rogan fans doing. Like, brah, now I'm on keto and I've lost 20 kilos, brah, and lifting kettlebells and I'm doing archery and on mushroom tech. All of that sort of stuff. You know, we want to have the same sort of influence on you. Um, I swear to God someone started whippersnippering outside. What the Isn't- fuck is going on? Either that or you've got a lady toy on your table. No, my one's silent. Hopefully it's it's not coming through too loud. But anyway, I'm going to finish the podcast now anyway. So, uh, yeah. So have you got anything else to say? No, mate, I'm all good. I'm going to need to go and have a feed. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks, everyone, (laughs) for listening to this short episode of the podcast. It's ten times shorter than the normal podcast we do, and uh, I'm about to go and kill someone that's using a whippersnipper. Just quickly, how can they get in touch? Uh, Get in touch by either emailing us at podcast at leaguefreak.com. That's the best way to email us. Or get in touch with us on Twitter. That's uh, What's your Twitter handle? I always forget your one. At Andrew RLP, and you are at leaguefreak. Excellent, easy. Or go. Go to the, also the website. It's just a page for the for the podcast. Leaguefreak.com slash podcast. Trust um, me, if you go into if you go into our Twitter account, I'm sure we'll mention it at least once, either retweeting or something like that. It'll happen at least once somewhere. Just go through, you'll see it in there somewhere. Yeah, we haven't got complaints yet about how hard we're spamming our podcast, but it is coming because it's pretty much we've stopped talking about rugby league and have just been like, fucking listen to us, listen to us, listen to us. So, uh, yeah, so that's the that's what we're doing at the moment. So, yeah. We're not, we're not trying not to sound too needy, but we are trying yeah. to sound really needy at the same time. So, yeah, help yeah. us. Exactly, yeah. Fill that like, medium. We don't want to beg, but please. Yeah. Just yeah. please, all right? Please give generously. We need this, all right? <laughs> okay. Well, I reckon that's it. So thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next podcast. Yeah.